distracted in last two sessions because of uh, the question of separation of God etc. That is not our main topic. But anyway, since the question was asked, uh, I guess uh, it just happened. Then we talked about Vedanta in last two sessions. And uh, whatever you got out of that. But as Aman summarized uh, very well, the Vedanta teaches that we are quite different from what we take ourselves to be. Just as we gave an example last time, that because of intoxication, the actor playing the role of a beggar thinks I'm a beggar. All he needs to do is to know that he is actor. So also Vedanta teaches that all we need to do is to know our true nature. In all that we discuss, we are presently discussing values in our life. So as we pointed out last time, the stairs for the river, the goal is to meet ocean whether river knows it or not, its nature takes it from where it is to the ocean. So also each one of us is seeking to be one with Ishwara. Whether we know it or not and therefore important thing is we live a way of life which is compatible to uh, what we are seeking in life. So, just as important for river is to travel in the right direction and someday it will meet its destination, so also for us, important thing is to travel in the right direction, make right choices. Right in the beginning we pointed out that human beings we have the free will. We have the freedom to make choices. And every situation presents a choice before us. Almost every situation we are required to make a choice. And we are responsible for the choice that we make because we have to undergo the consequences of the choice that we make. To make a right choice needs to happen as ultimately. 
wrong choice leads to unhappiness ultimately. A right choice, sometimes the mind is tempted to do what is what you like rather than what is right. Your right choices are like this. What is right versus what I like. While driving, we must necessarily make a choice of the road that leads to our destination. But it is likely that we may get distracted. A road may look very smooth, very tempting, nice to drive on. And therefore, one may be tempted to choose a road that looks good rather than that is right. Right road is the one that leads to our destination. Whether it's smooth or rough, straight or crooked. What is important is not how the lower road looks like, how the right on the road is, but whether the road leads to our destination. In our mind, there are many temptations. And therefore, very often, we are tempted to choose something that we like, which may not necessarily be right. Choice between what I like and what is right. Sometimes, what I like and what is right is the same, in which case we are lucky. There is no struggle, no conflict in making right choice when what we like is what is right. So this person, uh, his blood report came and the blood showed that he had high level of sugar in his blood, with diabetes. So doctor prescribed that from now on every day you must eat karala sabji, bitter goat. You see, his wife never liked karala. So she never cooked karala. He liked. His husband liked karala or bitter goat. But since his wife did not like it, she never cooked. You ask sometimes, how come there is no karla in our home? Oh, this is not the season. He says, I think there is a season. Yeah, but these days, you know, karla and matter are no good. She will have some excuse or the other of not cooking karla because she did not like it. You follow? So, poor fellow, he would never get it because he was dependent upon her. But now the doctor declared, he should eat Kerala every day. So here is what is what he likes is what is right. You know, this is a case, a rare case. In Gujarati they say, Bhaututu and Vaidya Kahi. 
Have you heard this? Vaidya means Ayurvedic physician. They always prescribe things that you don't like usually. They generally ask you to stop everything that you like and prescribe things that you don't like. Sometimes, even the Vaidya also says, this Swamiji, not Swamiji when I was young, and fever, you should eat Shiro. You know Shiro? So, they say that Shiro is good for treatment against fever. So, this is something that you love and something that he told you. So, there are cases when what you like is also what is right. In which case you are lucky. Usually what the Vaidya says is not what you like. He will prescribe some bitter medicine. He will prescribe, ask you to stop eating potatoes, eating this, things that you like. He will ask you to stop. Meaning that life is like this. If you are lucky, we find a situation in which what is right is what we like. If you are lucky. But very often, what is right is not what we like. This is where the conflict comes. What we like is based on our temptations. Each one of us has many temptations. We like to eat certain things, like to do certain things, like to go some places. Tempted because that's what gives us pleasure. Basically, we are tempted by what is pleasing. What gives us pleasure? And sometimes life may not present those kind of choices. Life is like that Ayurvedic physician, Vaidya. Very often life demands that we should let go what we like, very often. And do something that we may not necessarily like, but it is good for us. So remember this. That every situation usually presents before us a choice of what I like and what is right. Even a Swami also, I am confronted very often with his choices. Somebody brings some Swamiji especially cook this food for you. Oh, thank you. After Four days that person asked, Swamiji, did you like this? I said, yes, I liked it. Now, to be very frank with you, I may not have e eaten that. It's possible. Still, I do not tell her the truth. Because it will displease that person. So, yes, yes, I liked it. So, here I went for a choice wherein I Compromise the truth for the sake of convenience. You follow? Small thing. But these kind of things keep on coming up in our life. Small things. There may be big things also, but in the day-to-day -day life, small things come up. Mother asks, Beta, did you do this? Yes, Mama, I did it. I hope you didn't do that. Yes, I did not. So, we, we may not always reveal what is right. We may do, we will what 
mother likes, what father likes, what friends like, what other people like, so that we don't have to confront embarrassing situation. We want to avoid embarrassment, would avoid some punishment and things like that. So we want to avoid pain and therefore we take a convenient path. So it will be interesting for you to observe your own self. There is no need to do anything right away. Observe your own self. At the end of the day, look at the events of the day and ask yourself, did I tell a lie or I bend the truth, sometimes bending the truth. You see the truth in such a way the other person does not understand exactly the intention. So, did I do that? How many times I did it? Just note. First thing is to understand ourselves, recognize our mind. And then ask, why did I say that? Why did I say to that person, yes, I liked it, even though I may not have liked it, to please that person. Why do I want to please that person? For my selfish end or for some other reason? Sometimes you want to do something for helping the person and you may perhaps bend the truth. But whenever we do something for selfish purpose, then we should make a note. Choice between what I like and what is right. Ideally, we should choose what is right. In that context, last week we discussed, speak, two weeks ago, speaking truth is a value. Because Speaking is what we do most of the day. Most of our communication takes place at the level of speech. We perform action with hands and legs also. We perform action with our mind also. And we perform action with speech also. But then most of our communication takes place through speech. And that is why we have prescribed Satyam Vara. May you speak truth. It may not always be convenient to speak truth. And sometimes the consequence of speaking truth may not be very pleasant. Question is, am I willing to face unpleasant? So these small little challenges come before us. So the consequence of speaking truth may be unpleasant, inconvenient. And therefore, we avoid speaking truth for the sake of the comfort, convenience easy way out, avoid pain. So let us see if we have a tendency. Recognize that tendency and then ask the mind. 
שאולי... ספורט דיסטנדנסי? זה מלמיג לי? זה מלמיג לי סטרונג? זה מלמיג לי ריק? מה זה מלמיג לי? There is this sadhu, one sannyasi sadhu, living in a hut in a forest. One day, a man rushes into his kutiya. He is breathless and says, Oh, Swamiji, please save me, please save me. There is somebody chasing me and he will kill me. Please help me. Swami says, hide behind that. So, he was made to hide behind one curtain. Five minutes, another man came. Swamiji, have you seen a person running away from here? Now, should the Swami say the truth? Yes, I have seen him. He is behind that curtain. And surely that fellow will be hurt. So, here is the situation. where you may have to bend the truth or tell the untruth. I'm sorry, I've not seen. Oh, yes, I've seen him. He ran away this way. You follow? So, for the sake of the larger benefit, if you have to compromise the truth for the sake of larger benefit, it may be acceptable. More often than not, we are compromising truth for our selfish purpose. That is when the question is. <laughs> but if you are clear that you are doing it to save it for a larger cause, it may be justified. But you have to be clear or honest that am I honest or am I justifying something. So we say, Speaking truth in a non-violent manner. Ahimsa or non-violence is the primary value. We say Satyam Bruyat, Priyam Bruyat. Speak truth and speak in a pleasant manner. Meaning that If by speaking truth you want to hurt the feeling of some other person and think about it, maybe you should speak the truth in such a manner that it is truth all right, at the same time it does not hurt the feeling of the other person. 
This may be difficult. Speaking truth very often hurts the feelings of other people. In that case, we refrain from speaking altogether. You choose to speak, you should speak truth and try in a manner that it does not hurt the feeling of the other person. That will require some creativity in you, some thinking in you. So that way you become more sensitive. Sensitivity is very important. Sensitivity about the feelings of other people. And respecting the feelings of other people. One is being sensitive to their feelings. And secondly, respecting their feelings. Respecting feeling means that I, do not, I refrain from doing something to hurt their feelings. You may say, Swamiji, I don't care, I, I would not do this. If I'm in that place, I would not feel like that. That's a different thing. But this person feels that way. So that will make us more and more sensitive people. More and more thinking people. And also, more and more stronger people. Speaking truth requires inner strength. The speaking truth in a manner that does not hurt the feeling of the person requires sensitivity. Sensitivity of the feelings of the other person. Respecting the feelings. Sometimes we are sensitive. We don't care. Respecting the feeling of the person. So, in all our transactions, we have heart. We constantly interact with people. In our interaction, this is always tested, constantly. So I say, please observe yourself. Observe your mind. What tendencies you have. Note that. And then work with your mind. Whether it can change, whether you can change it or not. Satyam Bhriyat, Priyam Bhriyat. Navriyat, Satyam Apriyam. Satyam Bruya, may you speak truth. Priyam Bruya, just speak in a pleasant manner. Nam Bruya, Satyam Apriyam, but if Satyam is Apriyam, unpleasant, don't speak that. Swami, is speaking truth important or speaking pleasant is important? Many people are very pleasant speaking. Says, no. Priyam abhi nam But just because it is Priyam pleasant doesn't mean that you should tell a lie. Tell truth and tell in a pleasant manner. This is difficult and slowly we will learn to do that. But first we would observe our mind, what our tendencies are, what should we do, how should we do and how we can slowly make progress in this direction. That will make you a strong person as well as a sensitive person. And that is how a happy person. So that is the, the discussion on the Satyam, speaking truth. Another important value and perhaps most important is Ahimsa or non-violence. Himsa means violence, hurting somebody. 
we can hurt somebody at the physical level or we can hurt somebody at the emotional level. Hurting physical level is by our physical action. You know, human beings, you know, animals, insects, plants, trees, environment, by our physical action, we may hurt insects, we may hurt animals, we may hurt plants or trees, we may hurt environment, pollute environment. All of these are the results of physical action. So, our value is as best as we can try not to hurt by our physical action. We are all civilized people, so we generally don't hurt, we don't hit other people, hit other people, etc. So we may not hit other human beings, but we are not so careful about animals, about insects, about plants, about trees. Was when Swamiji, whose name was Akhandanand, he used to tell us. When he was giving discourses one day, people were sitting in the, on the ground and he found some members of the audience sitting there and plucking the grass. That's all, just inadvertently plucking the grass. So then he told this person, look, you are plucking the grass for no reason. Do you know how long it has taken for the consciousness to evolve to this level? If this grass was eaten by a cow, for example, perhaps, it may have turned into milk, may have gone to some human being's uh, stomach, May have come out as a human being, it may have evolved. By plucking that, you have interfered in the process of evolution. So even these small actions require that, himsa requires that, you should be alert. You should be careful in every little thing that you do. That will make it alert and sensitive people. Respect for life. I said earlier that I want to live and live happily. And every creature wants to live and live happily. Just as I have the right to live and happily live, so also every creature has the right to live and live happily. And as best as possible, I should respect that right of other living beings to live and live happily. Not come in the way of their desire to live or desire to live happily. We will come to human beings later. But this is also about the life forms other than human beings. We should be sensitive to them also. You know these days the debate going on about the global warming, 
toward the polluting gases being emitted by our factories and many other things. The carbon print, all these kind of things you may have heard. As to how we as human beings have been very insensitive towards the nature. As human beings, we simply focused our attention on how to extract the most from the nature, how to exploit the nature, so that we can be wealthier, we can be stronger, we can be happier. And then where well, centuries we have taken advantage, we exploited nature. And now we can see how we are the ones who are suffering. This global warming is causing lots of problems around the world. I guess you must be aware of the fires taking place in the forests in the California the floods taking place on the east coast of the United States, fires in Australia. If you see around the world, a lot of calamities are happening, including India also, of course. There are floods. Even the floods taking place in Himalaya, etc. Recently also, one glacier melted and then a lot of floods were there. So many such phenomena are taking place around the world. And that is because of what they call the global warming. That the ice glaciers are melting. And so the mountains are becoming bare. There are floods of water because the ice is melting. It may raise the level of ocean. All kinds of things happen. And so sometimes we do not know the consequences of our self-centered actions. So this is the violence against nature. Because human being has been a self-centered being. All the human being has thought about is his pleasure, his consumption. However, Formula seems to be, more we consume, happier we are. More the merrier. More clothes I have, happier I am. More shoes I have, happier I am. Larger the house I have, happier I am. Etc. Etc. More the merrier. So this is what we call the Consumption, a life of consumption, life of bhoga, life dedicated to pleasure. This is what human being is doing. Right now if you observe, the emphasis in, in bhoga or consumption, in pleasures. All the advertisements are for that purpose, all the commercials are for that purpose, the whole world is only in that form. That's more more you consume, happier you are, more successful you are. This is the formula that the human being adopted. 
because of his distorted notion of what happiness is and what success is, unfortunately, this whole tendency to consume, consume means consume more pleasures, consume more objects, experience more things, enjoy more things, lose more things. This consumption or seeking pleasure, the consequence is that more you consume, more you need. They give the example of fire. You have to put out the fire and if you put oil in there, ghee in there, gasoline in there, the fire is going to flake. Similarly also, more you consume, more the mind wants. And therefore, the human life has become life of consumption, waste, scarce resources are being wasted away. More we consume, more sick we become, number one. And more I consume, I deprive other people who are more needy than me. So that is how even by consuming we are causing violence. If we consume more than what we need, then we are depriving those who are needier than me. So at all levels, whether it's food, clothing, anything that I have, more I consume more I own, more I possess, less is available to people who are more needy than me. Never. There are places in India and you in the, in the world where I know that many years ago, the US, there was so much of production of wheat then they are dumping the wheat into the ocean to maintain prices, you follow? To maintain the price of wheat, they used to dump them in the ocean, so maintain prices. Whereas places like Ethiopia, they were, they were starving. So in one place they are starving, other place they don't know what to do with it. This kind of imbalances are going on and all of this is violence, understand? Well, you will say the Swami, we are not causing violence, all right? We are not causing violence, but then we can be aware of this and at least as far as we are concerned, we can do the best that we can do in our life. But recognize that consumption, possession is not the mark of happiness which the world thinks. That we pointed out earlier. Happiness does not come from something else. Happiness will come from our own self. And for that we are discussing these values, etc. To tap the source of happiness with our own self. <clears throat> but I pointed out to you, I wanted to point out to you, the violence that is going on on the part of human being by adopting a philosophy of life, the more the merrier. 
more I possess, happier I am. More I enjoy, happier I am. This is the kind of formula that a human being adopted around the world. In that, number one, he is hurting himself because you provide your body more than what the body needs, you try to stuff your mind more than what it needs. And he is indirectly hurting others also. So, this is one aspect of violence at the physical level. As to how, you may say, Swami, I did not hurt anybody, I did not snatch anything away from anybody, you did not. And still, you have consumed more than you needed. You are possessing more than you need. And thus you are unknowingly depriving others. Understand that the resources of nature are very limited. And we should only take what is our need. Other than human being, this rule is followed. The birds wake up in the morning, they have their food as much as they need and that's about all. All the creatures take from the nature what they need. Nobody wastes anything. Nobody consumes more than what is needed. This is the nature. So human being, he consumes more than what he needs, wastes and so on and so forth. So, I just wanted to bring to your attention the kind of life that a human being is leading right now and what is going on around. It may be interesting for you to understand somewhat the phenomena of global warming, phenomena of uh, pollution, etc. And uh, you know the conference, the world conference is taking place about the environment. In 2015, I think, there was a conference in Paris. This year also is going to be a conference someplace else. And this global warming means that the temperature of the environment is increasing and increasing. More the temperature increases, more the melting of ice is there, more the oceans are getting warmer, more the floods are there, more natural calamities are there. Then we determine that this global warming meaning the overall rise in temperature in the globe is causing lots of calamities. We should restrict that. So you will be surprised, you know, the solution that was given by India and other some Eastern countries. Yeah, hey, you fellows, you stop eating meat. So now we are coming to this non-violence or physical action. This eating meat is a very violent action that we all know because we are killing an animal for our sake. If we did not have another choice, there was a time when agriculture was not developed. They did not have a choice as far as vegetarian food was concerned and so it may justify to kill animals, let us say. 
But now that lots of choices are available, eating meat can definitely be avoided, should be avoided. Scientifically also is proven that eating meat is harmful to human health. And it causes a, there's a lot of cruelty on the animals. At the same time, there is a tremendous pollution in the environment. You people may or may not know, but there are cattle fields. You know what is a cattle field? See, the field in which you grow wheat, rice, so there are fields in which you grow cattle. There are hundreds, thousands and thousands of cattle, like cows are, there was a cattle field. And they are fed and they are raised and fattened and they extract milk from them with machines and finally they send them to slaughterhouses. Big business. Big business. In that, now people in India, I think most vegetarian people are in India, but otherwise the, everywhere else the meat is a common thing. So, some Japanese uh, scientists calculated some years ago that what is the consumption of energy? Feed one kilogram of red meat. Somebody calculated that you consume the energy of driving a car at 85 miles an hour for four hours. You follow? If you drive a car for four hours at 85 miles an hour, the energy that is consumed is consuming one kilogram of meat. You don't see that from the source till it comes to you. This is polluting water because a lot of water is needed to grow the grass and to support this cattle and it pollutes a lot of water. So water pollution, carbon emission, carbon emission. So uh, this eating meat has become a major issue. So then the Eastern countries suggested that one simple solution of global warming is stop eating with reduce it to half, then all your problems will be solved. They said, no, we cannot compromise our lifestyle. We will eat what we eat. You develop technology, they want the solution to technology. They don't say lifestyle changes they don't want to bring about. Second thing also pointed out, look at your houses in the western countries. Huge houses, like United States. A house, you know the weather required, in, in winter it must be heated, in summer it must be cool, so much energy is required. So, hey, you are, for three people you are such a big house. So what energy you are consuming, reduce that? No, that we cannot do. Your cars are so huge. There is an expression in America called gas guzzler. You know, gas guzzler. Meaning that these cars just simply consume so much of gasoline or petrol. So no, that we cannot compromise. So all the lifestyle of a human being 
of taking liberty all along and increasing consumption has created this kind of crisis for the whole universe. And human being does not want to change his lifestyle. So all of this is violence, understand? You may not be directly hurting anybody. But the way you are living, you are consuming, what you are consuming requires so much violence is that. Today's child you do not know where does a packet of meat come because he opens the refrigerator, it's very, yes, very neatly packed and he doesn't know where it's coming from. So this was just to bring to your attention while talking about value of non-violence for physical action. How? Why? In life of uncontrolled consumption, by life of possession, by life of luxury, by consuming what is not needed, how we are indirectly causing a lot of violence, hurting the environment, hurting the, uh, human beings, hurting the whole world. So this is one aspect of non-violence or ahimsa that we inadvertently, unknowingly carry out by our action. So, think about it in your life and uh, see, you don't, as I said, don't do anything. Just first of all observe, understand and then decide what it is that you want to do. But then, how Human being today, and particularly in the West, India is a very poor country, so we do, most people don't have the luxury of consumption anyway. But there are these Western countries who are very wealthy countries, and uh, therefore they can afford. They produce more and consume more, and they can afford to consume, and that's how the life becomes violent. Uh, so, in discussion of non-violence and the physical earth, I wanted to bring out this uh, and other aspects of Ahimsa will continue next time. Before I conclude, any question anybody has? Om Purnamada Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachade Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnameva Vasishyate Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Sri Guru Bhyo Namaha Hari Om